Let's pray before we get into the word of the Lord tonight. Anybody come expecting something from the Lord tonight? I think God's not going to disappoint none of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you, God, for the family that have gathered and gathered tonight. We thank you that you're here. And Father, we thank you that tonight, Lord, let us speak with simplicity of understanding. Release revelation from your word tonight, God. And we thank you, Lord, for all the plans you have for us. And we thank you, Lord, we're in the right place tonight. And we thank you for it. To God be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. While you're standing, let me read my scripture tonight, if you will. There's a lot of scripture I wanted to read tonight, but I went to the, to the word of God, and I'm just going to read a very familiar um, text tonight. It's found in Acts chapter 16, a very familiar story. There's a lot of stories I could pull from tonight, but I've chosen this one. How many know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He don't change. So Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse number 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ripped off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Mm. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everybody's bands were loosed. And for the past few weeks, I have been carrying a word, and I just feel like God has just dropped in my spirit. I can't get away from it. And my assignment tonight is simply, it's my time. Matter of fact, just look at two or three people around you and tell them, it's my time. It's my time. Oh, I think you told the wrong neighbor. Tell your other neighbor on the other side of you. It's my time. If you get this in your spirit tonight, that it's your time, there's no telling what's going to take place in this house tonight. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's my time. There is so much going on. I was praying the other day, and I said, Lord, I, if I could, it's almost like just me and the Lord having a, time of communion together, and I'm asking the Lord different things of where we are and where I'm at, and, and it's like a question came into my spirit, like if I could talk to anybody in the Bible, who would I want to speak to? So I looked all through Scripture, and I can speak to Elijah, and I can go down the list of all the great men and women of God that you could speak to, and I thought, Lord, I'd like to speak to Peter, you know, Peter, the one who walked on the water, the one who got a revelation that you're the son of God. Upon this rock, I'll build a church. You know, Peter denied the Lord three times. And I was going to talk to Peter. And I said, Peter, if I could walk up to Peter and ask him, Peter, what was the greatest sermon that you ever heard that man Jesus preach? Or what was the greatest ex experience you ever had? And I could see Peter just sitting back for a moment. He said, Pastor, the greatest sermon I ever heard preached came from a rooster. Matter of fact, he preached so loud to me, I went and wept bitterly before the Lord. That rooster spoke to me. 
And I got to studying and reminiscing and having Selah moments thinking about a rooster. And I asked myself a number of questions. Why does a rooster crow? Every day he'll find a tree, he'll get up on top of a barn, and he begins to crow. Why is he crowing for? He's letting everybody know in the barnyard. This is a brand new day. I've never been in this day before. This is a brand new day, and I'm just going to take me a deep breath, and I'm going to let it go. Let the rooster crow. I got studying about that rooster, and I came across a couple of ways that if you live next door to somebody that's got a rooster, they're sort of aggravating early in the morning. I, I was um, asking myself this rooster, because many people are aggravating him, and they're trying to keep him quiet. And they found two ways you can keep a rooster quiet. If you put him in a cage and put a dark cloth over top of the cage, he won't crow because he thinks it's nighttime. In America, it seems like there's a dark cloud hovering over it. Many don't know how to praise the Lord. We're going to get there. And another way that you can keep the rooster from crowing is you can put a rooster in the cage with two hens, and the rooster won't crow because hens don't crow. When I got to that point, I thought, well, you got to be careful when you, when you come to the house of God. you got to be careful where you sit. you got to be careful who you sit beside in church. Because if you're not careful, you'll just walk in and sit down. You need to pray, Lord, where do I need to sit? Matter of fact, where's the anointing of God going to hit this church at tonight? Where is the people that's going to praise? And they've already appointed themselves as the praise captain of that row. And I mean, Lord, I want to get on that row where the fire of God is. And that's the row I want to sit on. Because if you're not careful, you'll sit on a row and you may sit beside somebody that's got a no spirit. And all through the service, they won't praise the Lord. And you'll walk out of service and you'll think, well, I don't know. I just couldn't seem to get in the service. I just couldn't seem to get into it. It's because you sit beside somebody that had a no spirit. But Psalmist David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Mm. And then the rooster, even in the midst of rain, the rooster will get in a tree or on top of a barn and the rooster's got enough faith to know it may be raining and it may be dark, but he's got enough faith to know the sun's going to shine again. So where we are living, we're all living in a crazy world now. So tonight, tell your neighbor again, it's my time. It's my time. When I walked in tonight and the atmosphere was bathed in prayer and I listened to the prayers and we're praying for prisoners, they're praying for all manner of needs and I'm thinking, God, if the people of God only knew that we're standing on the verge, we're on the edge, we're fixing to have a massive move of the Holy Ghost of God like we've never. Tonight, I could have stayed in the worship when the young girl was singing here and, and, and I'm thinking, Lord, go, girl, sing that song. And because uh, I didn't know her name, I just said, girls, sing that song. Because where the anointing of God is, I've learned that when the anointing of God is on something, I don't hurry up and try to get out of the anointing. When I come to church and the anointing of God is there, that's where you want to stay. You want to stay where the anointing of God is. But tonight we're living in a time where there's a heavy blanket of evil. It seemed to be resting upon the land. The God of lies have become enthroned in this nation's heart. Society seems to have reached its last stage of corruption. The wicked are strutting about on every side because we're living in a day when evil is running at its last climax. No matter how hard we try to live godly lives, 
The world around us seems to be getting darker and darker. It seems hopeless to fight this losing battle. What can a righteous man do in such times as these? In the past few years, a biological male has been named Woman of the Year. On several magazine covers, a biological male is referred to as a, as a top-ranking female in our White House. A biological male was nominated for NCAA Women's Swimmer of the Year. A biological male is making tens of thousands of dollars being the face of womanhood for Nike and Bud Light and countless of other, other companies. A biological male took home the award from the best actress at the Golden Globes. Are we really still trying to make the case that feminists support women when the feminists are completely silent or cheering on biological men taking over the space of womanhood? Are we truly living on the end times now? Without question, no only, we're not only living in the end times, we're living, living on the end of the end times. At the beginning of the game, there's a lot of time left, but I believe we're at the bottom of the ninth. We are at the two-minute warning. The end times actually began on the day of Pentecost and have been going on now for over 2,000 years. They were accelerated and were recognized as signs of the times when Israel was born in 1948, when Jerusalem was restored to a nation of Israel in 1967. There were so many things that needed to happen up to this moment in time, but not only the only thing that we need to happen now is the trump of God needs to sound. And the dead in Christ will rise, and we which are alive will remain when we call it together with the Lord in the air. The President of the United States have recently said the bravest women that he knows are men. People want to celebrate Women's History Month, but don't even know how to define one. The enemy is a liar. And it's time now for the church to rise and let truth fall in the street. The Bible says in the beginning of time, God made them male and female. Now they can go ahead and cancel all the programs of every platform that the people of God may have. But it will not silence the people of God because God is about to have a day. This is not a they and them or this and that. You're either a male or a female. Many of our children are held captive by unhinged educators. The school system is upside down. Prayer is banded in school, but drag shows are allowed. Just do whatever you want. You can't teach the Bible, but you can teach the children how men can get pregnant. And the kidney gardeners are able to pick their own gender now at five years old, they say. It's my time. It's your time. It's the church's time. Have we not been praying? Have you not been praying? Has God not heard your cry? Has God not seen your tears? Has God not seen the struggle? There's a massive move of God that we're on the edge and on the verge of something shaking. Is there a difference between time for you and you for time? Now, I understand we're all here because we are creators of time. 
Something has happened because we have blended in with a God of eternity. And it's caused trouble because the normal cannot always comprehend the timing of God. Because a God of eternity, he had decided some things, yet he didn't decide them in time. One of the profound scriptures that I have found that we were chosen or we were founded in him before the foundation of the world. And all the spiritual blessings were given to a man in Christ Jesus before we ever got here. So that would indicate to me that, that everything that is mine, God has already given it before I ever got here. So I thought if it's already mine, so if it's already mine and it's already been given, then it's not a matter of me going to get it It's a matter of it coming to get me. I ain't got no help up in here. What God has and what he has given to you before you ever got here tonight. Matter of fact, before he threw this world into place, the scientists say that there are stars that are 500,000 light years from the earth, which indicates that the universe would be at least 500,000 years old. And if God threw things and put things into place, and yet he gave me something before the world was ever created, then it's got to come to me sooner or later. It's just a matter of time. Anytime he does something in eternity, I can't go into eternity and figure it all out. He has to, God's got to, by his spirit, reveal it to me in my spirit in time. And then he gives me the sense of security by my faith that don't matter what it looks like, when God's time comes, it's got to happen. And I have a feeling tonight, and there's something resonating in my spirit that it's just about to be your time. It's about to be my time. I believe there's a healing movie coming to America. There's a deliverance coming to America. There are people that are bound that's about to get free. Now, one of the things that happens here is when Satan realizes, he can only realize it when it's manifested. There's a thing called mystery because God can hide things simply by not revealing it because nobody can probe to get what God does not reveal. So I hope we understand tonight because you didn't ask and God didn't reveal it. He revealed it because he's already set it in place. And once he reveals what he has done, your faith will come alive to receive it. But when God reveals it and God starts moving among his people, get ready, the devil will pick it up. See, before God shows you how blessed you were and how important you were, the enemy will come in to try to destroy what God is birthing in the church. And the reason that many are going through hell and high water is because the devil knows. It's really, it's about to be your time. I said, it's about to be my time. Could it be that God's prepared for them the time for you? Because he has moved the time in so many circumstances for you. We're going to get there. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. So when it comes, I can step in. And you can step into what is considered the right time. I feel my time is coming. 
on the worship team. There's an acceleration of worship. My prayer, and I feel that God is going to be like in the days of Solomon when all the musicians, all the ministers came to worship and the glory of God hit, hit the place. And everybody walked in and the ministers couldn't minister and the psalmist couldn't sing because the glory of God had filled the house. Wouldn't it be wonderful to come to church on just a regular scheduled program, walk into a church, get them to begin to worship, and all of a sudden the cloud of God's glory and the fire of God's glory would come down and hit the house of God and not one person is left behind and those that are bound will be set free and those that are addicted will be delivered and those that are sick will be healed. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a revival and God says, I'm on the verge, you're on the verge, I'm ready to pour out my spirit in the last days, and we're living in the last days even now. God, I feel something coming. It's about to be our time. In times, he brings a time to your place. And at other times, he brings you to the place of your time. There is a day. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. It don't matter how dark the night gets. Day is on the way. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. Day is on the way. It doesn't matter how the devil's treating you or how he's mistreating your time because you're going through a season of heartache even now. But can I say heartache can't last all the time. Daytime is on the way. It's a spring forth suddenly. Oh my. Just a period of light and I will rejoice and be glad in you, oh Lord. It's I and thou, O oh Lord, it's a relationship. God, you make the day and I will rejoice in it. Weeping may endure through the night, but joy is coming in the morning. You make the day and the joy will come in the morning. God's got a time when the devil can't touch you no more. There's an anointing that's about to break some things that's been stubborn and hard to move. When it's time comes, nothing in this world can stop you from getting ordained by God when it's your time. If you prayed and you have prodigal sons and daughters and you're praying for them and they're getting worse and then you've got men that are rising up that's in a conference in Cleveland. Is there any coincidence that you showed up tonight in this service tonight? God sit me by just to remind you you're not just going through a conference. You're going to a conference to be endued with a power from on high because God said it's about to be your time. What about when you sing on this stage and the anointing of God comes and you feel the fire of God and you don't want to stop the worship. How long's it been since you've been wrapped up, tied up, and tangled all up in that man called Jesus? How long's it been since you've been at Cracker Barrel and you prayed for the sick and somebody went shouting down the aisle? How long's it been since you come to church and you lifted your hand and you begin to praise him for no apparent reason? It's about to be your time. I'm riding down the road today and I'm meditating and I find myself riding down the road in my, in my work truck and for a moment I was preaching this in my spirit and I'm saying, God, it's about to be my time. And I caught myself riding down the road like this, one hand driving and the other hand like this. It's amazing on when you drive down the road and you're going like this, people will pass you and look at you and go, 
It's contagious. Wonder what would happen if the church started waving their hands. Let the devil know you should have killed me when you had the time. But now it's too late now because I'm in another time. You're going to shout at least as much as you cried. Oh, I feel this is coming. I just got a wonderful glimpse of what God's got coming. It's my time. Tell your neighbor, it's your times at hand. Your times at hand. The Bible says from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God have suffered violence. But the violent, but the violent take it by force. And we find ourselves now in trouble because of the lack of patience. Let me work with this for a moment. It's God who gives the promise. If God gives the promise, there is nothing we can do with a promise but simply just wait for it. You have to understand the promises of God when they come to pass. It's going to change your life. Tell your neighbor something's going to hit your house. Something's going to change your life. See, the devil will say, see, the devil has a tendency of saying when he knows what God's about to do, he simply says, I don't care how much he gets up. I don't care how much he praises God on Sunday. The devil will say, I know exactly what to do to get them back down to where they were. But the next time the devil comes and starts messing with you with a sin he thinks he's got on you, you need to look the devil in the face and tell him, this is the wrong time. You should have killed me the other time. It's too late now because I'm in a new day and I'm in a new time of my life. So now don't be touching what God's anointed. Get ready when God, get ready. When God gets ready, the killers will show up. Kids call them haters. You must be doing something. I've learned something. As long as you sit by and don't do nothing, everybody will like you and hug you but when you give your get hungry and you get thirsty and you want more than you've ever had in your life and God starts letting you do a work for him that your mind blow your mind people will stand back and say who does she think she is who does he think he is I'm not nothing I'm just an old lump of clay that God's put on the potter's wheel and I'm the he's the potter and I'm the clay he's taking off some rough edges the wheel is a spinning. The wheel is a spinning. I feel like I'm out of control. But you got to understand when the potter in the, in the clay is on the wheel, you got to understand why the wheel is turning. If you go to Gatlinburg and watch the potters, there's a, there's a, a big wheel, a lump of clay, there's a rod and it goes down and the potter's got his foot behind the table like this. And he's kicking the wheel. And the wheels are turning. And the clay's on the wheel. Why is it turning? Why is the wheel turning? Oh, my life is upside down. I don't seem to have it together. And God said, I'm the potter and you're the clay. I'm looking strategically. I'm removing all the little things that don't need to be in your life. I've got to keep you on the wheel. I know it seems out of control right now, but I got something coming on the way and it's about to be your time. God said, the wheel's going to be spinning 
and it's going to be spinning out of control. Why? Because you got to balance the clay. If you don't balance the clay, when the clay gets under the keel and it gets under the heat, if the clay's not balanced, it'll crack and it won't be able to stand the heat. So God said, I'm, I've got my people in a, in a swirl and they seem like everything's coming apart, but they don't really realize there's a power that's being birthed within them and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover and God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory and everything's working out for my good. He's directing your path. He's raising up his people. He's not for God his people. He's filling his people and God said my spirit is being poured out in the earth like never before. It's about to be your time. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost here. The haters will show up. Let them talk. Mm, God's got it in his hand. The enemy's in a hurry. He's got in a position to push you out for you simply to lose ground. But God said, you can't lose when you're anointed and there's an anointing behind you called the unction that's pushing you forward. When God is on your side, how do you lose? <laughs> I wish somebody just say, I'm still here. I'm just still here. I should have died. See, some of y'all don't know about all that. See, I should have died a long time ago, but I didn't die. I should have lost my mind, but I didn't lose my mind. I should have lost my marriage, but I didn't lose my marriage. Everything should have went crazy, but nothing's went crazy like it should have went. God said, my hand's extended to you. God's about to move because he said, it's my people. It's their time. Woo! Through the thick and the thin, through the hell and the high water, because God was on your side. See, the devil tried to kill Paul. The plot is on. Paul's not in prison by himself. God's putting some things together. He's rearranging some things. Woo, I feel you, Lord. Hallelujah. God said, just wait on me. He's moving folk out. He's moving folk in. It's your time to stand back and watch your God work. See, Paul knew he was one man. They should have killed him. <laughs> but they made a mistake. He wasn't in this thing by himself. But the Bible says that Paul and Silas were in it together. The Bible says if two of us will just get together. And I'm looking here tonight, there's more than two or three of us here together in Jesus' name. And if we could grab a hold of really what's taking place in this atmosphere tonight. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name. He said, I am in the midst of you. Yahweh is here. All power, all knowing God is among us tonight. If two of us will agree, one would chase a thousand, two would chase 10,000. And Paul and Silas knew it was their time. <laughs> to every blessing, there is a risk. The greater the risk, the greater the blessing. So if the devil's trying to kill you, if the devil's trying to bind you, <laughs> it must be big. I said it must be big. It's your time. Instead of complaining, 
instead of crying. I'm going to wait till it becomes darker. I'm going to wait till it becomes midnight. And I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to praise him in the middle of all the trouble. Because God said, I will lift my people. God's going to fix it. See, many people today are going, I've never seen a day where people are, people are frustrated. People are tired. People are weary. People are dealing with depression. Suicidal rates out the roof. We're living in a crazy time. And yet many can't even sleep because of the trouble at night. The Bible says, but at midnight, at the darkest time, something broke loose. At midnight, we're living in a time of darkness. Matter of fact, the Old Testament said there's gross darkness is coming up on the earth. It's here. Read Timothy where it says, in the last day, troubles are coming. Dangerous days are coming. Lovers of pleasure, unthankful, unholy. Always coming to the knowledge, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. We're living in a crazy time. But the Bible said in the middle of this crazy, dark time that Paul and Silas were in, they did a few things. They prayed. And when I walked in tonight, I heard people praying. That's one thing about this church. It's a praying church. And if you're visiting tonight, perhaps your church is the same as this one, praying. We don't understand what happens when we pray. And the Bible says when Paul and Silas, they prayed. And all of a sudden, there was something that ignited in them that said, thank you, Jesus. And they began to praise the Lord. In the middle of the darkness, they began to pray, and they began to praise God. And the Bible says the prisoners heard them. And the Bible says, suddenly, out of nowhere. That's how come I keep believing we're going to show up on just a regular scheduled program on a Sunday morning service, and God wrecked the place. We don't get out at 12 o'clock. I remember years ago in the old day, I remember going to church on a Sunday night at 6 o'clock, and at 1 o'clock in the morning, we were still in church. And people said, oh, my God, how can you stay in church that long? Well, when you're laying in the floor and you're in a heavenly place, you don't want to get up. If you've ever been really slain in the real power of God and you're laying in the floor and you're in the glory of God, you're not nowhere in a hurry to get out of the glory. If you fall, just let me lay. Let me lay right here because this is what I'm, this is the craziest thing I do. The strongest thing I drink is iced tea. But when you come to church and the anointing of God's here, there's something that ignites within me. It's better, it's better than drinking Budweiser. It's better than doing crack or meth or whatever it is. My God, it's something that'll get in your hand and make you just go. I love new converts. I love new converts that come. They don't know what to do with all that God's doing. This, they, this praise team, if you get involved with them, you'll lose five pounds on Sunday morning. But I love it. New converts are like this. Everybody lift your hand like this. Let's clap our hands. Watch them. Watch them for just a couple of weeks. The couple of weeks, they're not back there. They're not over there. My God, they're down here. 
My God, they're jumping, they're dancing around, and they can't help themselves. Why are you acting this way? Wait a minute, brother. You don't realize, but I used to dance on a speaker in a club, and no, and everybody used to cheer me on, but now I come to God's house, and all I can do is jump, and all I can do is praise God, and they criticize me. The devil is a liar. My God, if I dance for the devil, I surely can dance for my God. Let's take a praise break right there and give God the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that something began to shake and something shook in the middle of the darkness. The Bible even says that chains fell off. The Bible says that doors opened up. The Bible says that everybody got free. When I read this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God did it for Paul and Silas in a jailhouse, what will God do when God's people all get together? Oh, I know we used to sing. I know we used to sing, we'll all be happy over there because we'll hate each other over here. But I come to tell the church tonight that over here we can have church. And when I say church, I ain't talking about just tiptoeing through the tulip and give God just a little handcuff. No, I'm talking about lose your mind. I'm talking about getting crazy. I'm talking about acting like you used to act when you were on drugs and alcohol and all intoxicated. Can I tell you that God can get you so full and intoxicate you? you with the power of God. Oh my God, if you won't give a rip what nobody thinks about it. You'll wave your hand in the middle of all of it. I remember years ago, my, my dad ran across a, uh, a friend that I used to run with and run the streets and all with. And my dad said, yeah, Tim got saved. Tim got saved. He said, Tim got what? Yeah, he's preaching now. He said, he ain't preaching. Tim, Tim, Tim is preaching. Yeah, Tim's preaching. I'm coming to check that out. I, I can look at I know him. I've run with him for 10 years. He ain't preaching. And sure enough, David showed up on a Sunday morning. Sit about halfway back in the church. And I'm just preaching normal message. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost shows up. Don't you just love it when the Holy Ghost shows up? The Holy Ghost shows up, and I'm preaching like a wild man. There's no altar service given or anything. And I look, and David gets up in the middle of the church and starts walking to the front. And I'm thinking, oh, God, what in the world is going to happen? What is he going to do? What, what is he going to do? I don't know what he's going to do or nothing because I know David. And he walks down. I come down. I walked off the podium. I walked down to the medium in the, in the, in the front of the vestibule I said, or in, the, in front of the altar. I said, David, what is it? He said, man, I don't know what you got a hold of, but what you got a hold of, I want what you got. I want what you got. Can I tell you tonight, I can take you right now down on 23rd Street and there's some folk walking down the street right now and they're all jacked up. Their eyes are messed up. They're all cranked up. And you can stand back and say, those people have got a hold of something. Those people have got a hold of something. Go look at their action. Their mouth all messed up. Their eyes are blinking. They're all cranked up. You can stand back and look at them and tell they're under the influence of something. But when we come to church, we got to sit and be all dignified. No, we need a power of the Holy Ghost to come in to the house of God because it's your time. And when it's your time, it's our time to sit down and be quiet. 
They used to tell me, well, Pastor Tim, you're young. Yeah, you're young. When you get older and you get seasoned, you'll calm down. That's 30, over 30 years ago. You know what? You know what? I don't want to calm down. I don't want to be some old fogey, old sitting on the side of the road. I want to come to church in my older years, and I want to jump, and I want to wave my hand, and I want to dance, and I want to run because it's my time. Listen, I don't have as many years as some of y'all got. So if you're going to do anything for God, you got to do it now. You can't wait no longer. You got to say, if I'm going to do something for God, I'm going to do it right now because it's my time. God's hand is on my life. The anointing of God is on my life. I have power, authority in Jesus' name. I don't have time to sit back. I'm looking for crazy people. It reminds me, I may have shared this, but it it reminds me, now I know what Pastor Kevin's talking about. When you, if you could come here and just look at everybody's faces. It reminds me, when I was a kid, oh, I got to come down here. Listen, when I was a kid, just a little small fella, we watched a movie. Of course, it's not popular now as it used to be. It's just a little, it was called The Wizard of Oz. And my daughter was watching it. And when my daughter started watching it, one day she came to me and she said, when I grow up, I'm going to be a good witch. (laughs) Well, Wizard of Oz disappeared. And we never watched it again. (laughs) But when I come to church, it's like going through the Wizard of Oz, there's all kinds of different characters. And there's one character that is standing off the shoulder of the road and he's standing there. And there's a little girl named Dorothy. And he was like, mm, what is that? Mm. Just so happened there was a little can of oil sitting right here beside the tin man. Isn't it amazing that oil is right there when you need it? Isn't it amazing there's some oil right here by you right now? And the thing is, so she took a little oil and squirted it on his mouth. His mouth got to moving. Next thing you know, she squirted it on his arm. His arm got to moving. She squirted it on his hip. He started taking off. He ran down the street. He's acting all crazy. Wonder what would happen if we had an anointed party. Because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. And a Holy Ghost party don't rock. Wouldn't it be wonderful when you walked in the door, we had a little can of oil. Here, let me anoint your hands with oil. Let me anoint your mouth with oil. And when you came into the sanctuary, let the redeemed of the Lord, let them say so. Let them say so. Lord, I'm going to lift holy hands unto the Lord without doubt and without wrath. God, I'm going to dance like David dance. Oh, Lord, you pulled me out of the grave, and I'm, no, I'm not dead, but I'm alive forevermore. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm open to that. Anytime you want to anoint me with oil, Make sure it's of the Lord. 
How can sister, when Pastor Devin pours a, two gallons of oil on top of somebody's head? And I'm standing, I'm watching this, I'm thinking, my God, if she did that to me, I don't know if I'd be able to work for a few days. The anointing of God. The anointing of God. That breaks, that breaks yokes. Strongholds. The anointing of God. Listen, the anointing of God that you're carrying. The anointing of God that you're carrying in this house tonight. The Bible says the anointing of God is upon you. That means just fresh oil in me. There's fresh oil in you. I was walking through Walmart. I may have told you the story. I was walking through Walmart. There's an elderly man holding on to his granddaughter. And the Lord said, go talk to that man. I don't know that man. So I just kept on walking with my wife, following my wife through Walmart. A few months later, it bothered me so bad. I told my wife, I'll be right back. So I had to go start looking for that little man. And there he was. I seen the man. I don't know what I'm going to say to him. But when I walked up to him and I said, sir, I feel like I need to tell you something. When I said that to that man, it dropped in my spirit exactly what to tell him. And I looked at him. I said, sir, the Lord wanted me to just tell you, not yet. And he bowed his head like this. And if you look at the concrete, you'll see the tears dripping on the, on the ground. He said, young man, he's in his 80s. Young man, I've been preaching for 30 years, he said. And I told the Lord this morning, early this morning, I woke up praying and I told the Lord this morning, Lord, if you don't talk to me today, I'm going to quit and I'm not preaching no more. And you just walked up to me and told me, not yet. Can I tell you, it's not time to quit. I heard Willie Marr in there last week, and I kept hearing her say, don't you give up. Will Marr, don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you throw in the towel. You keep on pressing on what a word. And I've got it in my spirit, the anointing of God. It will put an asbestos suit on three Hebrew boys. The anointing of God will turn a slingshot into a 357. The anointing of God will turn a teenage boy into a giant killer. The anointing will turn a shepherd into a king and it will turn a farmer into a prophet. As a matter of fact, the anointing of God will turn a whale into a submarine. <laughs> the anointing of God will turn a rooster into a prophet. The anointing of God will turn a scarlet robe into a bloodline. The anointing of God will turn a rock into a fountain. I'm talking about the anointing and the power of God. The anointing of God will turn a sea into a highway. The anointing of God will cause the elders to dance and women to sing and youth to be on fire by the power of God. The anointing of God. Woo! It's my time. Don't you feel that? It's your time. Matter of fact, just pat yourself and talk to yourself a minute. Tell yourself, it's my time. It's my time. I heard Sister Carolyn praying for those that are in prison. Can I tell you, hundreds of people are being saved in prison. Hundreds of them. I'm involved with that. Hundreds of people. It's amazing on the healing that God's taking place in the prison. Emotionally, physically. But can I tell you just tonight, whew, there's a massive, I don't know if it's going to be a revival or if it's going to be an awakening to where the church wakes up 
and something, your vision is changed. And you really see the potential that God has got in place even now. There's a massive move of God coming. And the move of God that's coming, there's not even a facility in Chattanooga that will house it. It won't be a black thing, a white thing, a Hispanic thing. It won't be. It'll just be a God thing. It's just going to be something where people are hungry and thirsty. It's going to be a time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I'm mindful of just a few men in the book of Acts where they turned the world upside down. Could it be that this particular weekend, tomorrow night when Pastor Kevin will be preaching tomorrow night, could it be that you're right on the edge, on the verge And from tonight, tomorrow night, for the next few nights in this conference that you're going to, could it not ignite something? Can the next worship song that we sing ignite something? Because see, when mercy, mercy meets grace, let me have the musicians if someone will come and help me. When mercy and grace gets together, And they're together. Mercy and grace are together. And I wrote this down. Listen to this. When when mercy and grace are working together, they are now. I wrote this down. Pimps will become preachers. God's going to choose the foolishness of the world to confound the wise. God's going to choose people that you would have never picked out. Come on, Rahab, talk to me. See, some of y'all don't know Rahab. See, Rahab worked the Ninth Ninth, Ninth and Main Street district. And when she walked, she had bells and people could hear her. She was a commercial on wheels. But the Bible says there was something that come alive in her. She became the lineage of Jesus Christ. Mm. Drug addicts will become elders. Adulterers will become teachers. Gossipers will become soul winners. Mm -hmm. Criminals will become prison ministers. (laughs) Thieves will be the top givers of the church. Embezzlers will become great evangelists. Foul-mouthed, cursing brawlers will become prophets of God (laughs) because God is raising up a generation. God's raising up a people. Stand with me. God's raising up a generation. I'm mindful. The Scripture tells us that God hasn't changed. Listen, the promises of God are all yes and amen. And perhaps we can even quote the scripture. We've established that we're living in the last days. We've established that. It doesn't take a very smart, intelligent person to see we're living in the last days. But I'm mindful of scripture where God said, listen to me, God said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Anybody got any children? 
Listen, your son and your daughter are going to prophesy. Y'all didn't hear me. I said, your son. I know he's. I know you haven't seen him in two weeks. I know you know your daughter's done gone crazy. I know. I know. But the Bible says, and the Word of God said, your son. If we stopped right here, we could just shout right there. Your son and your daughters. Something's going to happen. Something's going to interrupt their schedule. The Holy Ghost is going to be loose to go arrest them. They may be sitting on a bar stool or wherever they may be sitting, but the anointing of God, hey, you know, when God died on the cross, he died in the middle. You know what that tells me? God likes to get in the middle of stuff. God will walk right in the bar. God has a way of bringing back memories of church and scripture and things in their mind. He has a way of staring their sleep and they can't rest at night. They go to, they get weary at work. They just don't know what's going on and they find themselves living a miserable life until finally one day, they, I know they said they're not gonna pray, but out of, in the, in, down deep within inside, they didn't even vocally say it, but in their spirit, they said, God, I wish you'd help me. And because they said, God said, if you call on me in your day of trouble, I'll help you and I will deliver you out of your distress. Psalm 107. So many of our children are going to get arrested. Oh, come on, Jesus. Many of our children are going to get arrested by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Matter of fact, we just loose them. We loose them to go get prodigal sons and daughters. All we've got to do is just keep praising the Lord, keep shouting the victories of Jesus, and let God do the work. that God's raising up. People that are hungry for fresh bread, for a river of God. It's my time. Matter of fact, just lift your hands and just let's pray right there. Lord, thank you. Matter of fact, just thank the Lord right here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's our time. It's my time, God, right now at 817 on Wednesday night. You been praying? I hear the Lord say, help is on the way. Help is on the way. If you're in this house tonight and you just simply just say, Pastor Tim, I don't, I need the Lord in my life. Tonight I need the Lord. I don't know the Lord. I need to make a choice. I need to make a conscious decision the God you're talking about and being your time, I need the Lord. Are you with us tonight? If you're with us tonight, just lift your hands. Anyone at all in this house tonight. To the remainder of us that are saved and know the Lord, I know the men that are here tonight. Can we make a declaration together tonight? On simply, God's word will not return void, but it will accomplish wherewith he sent it. I just want to tell you, brethren, listen, I don't know what God's going to do with me. I don't know what God's going to do with you. But I don't want to die at the door of revival. I don't want to get stagnant right before God begins to move. So I'm going to make a declaration tonight. It's my time, not only for me, it's my time for my wife. God's going to give my wife a miracle and a healing in her body. 
God going to touch my children, my grandchildren. Come on, somebody. My grand, you need to prophesy over your own family. My grandchildren will never taste of alcohol, and they'll never know what drugs are. They'll be anointed of the Lord, and they'll know the word of the Lord. If we can make a declaration where two or three are gathered. Matter of fact, if you can, just reach over and just touch your neighbor right there. You're just simply saying to them, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing for your house. I'm agreeing for the needs you have in your house. I'm agreeing for prodigal sons and daughters to be shaken out of their comfortable place and return home to their father. So Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, as we stand in your house, and the anointing of God, Lord, you're walking among us even now. Lord, we proclaim your word is true, forever settled in heaven. We thank you, God, for the move that we're on the verge of having. I thank you, God, for family members coming home. I thank you, Lord, for that one that's on drugs tonight will be delivered. Matter of fact, just begin to praise him right here. Just begin to praise him, the prayer you've been praying. Won't you just thank him right here? Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for answering the prayers that I've prayed. Thank you for moving, God, on the impossible. Thank you for making a way when there seems to be no way. Thank you, Lord, today I proclaim it and prophesy into my life. It's my time, Lord. It's my time. Man, I feel a heaviness. I feel a heaviness that, that I feel that many have carried a heaviness with you in this house tonight. If I'm speaking to you tonight, you you carry it like it's almost like a heaviness. You can't, you just can't seem to shake that off. If if that's you tonight, whew. man, we're in a praying church. We believe in miracles. Listen. If you need a miracle tonight, why don't you meet me right here and let's believe with you. If you simply say, I need a miracle right here. If you simply say, Pastor, I carry the heaviness in here tonight and I don't want to leave this house tonight carrying the heaviness that I walked in with. Can I tell you that God's about to lift some stuff off your life? God's about to give somebody a peace of mind. God's about to move on your behalf. You're not here by coincidence. You're not, happy. You're not here just by chance. But God orchestrated your steps tonight. Listen, don't miss your day of visitation. Listen, God's about to lift the weight off your life. Come on. We're about to close in just a few moments. In Jesus' name. We're going to wait just a moment. We're going to wait just a moment. Come. All over this house, come. You're not, you're not leaving with the weight you carried in. Oh, I feel this, Jesus. Now, church, if you're back here in the back and you sit or standing here and you say, Pastor, I'm good, I'm good. I need you to help me. I need all of you back here. I need you to help me. If you can, I want you to stretch your hand if you've ever prayed for people. I want you to stretch your hand this way toward these, standing in this altar. And I want you to pray like you've never prayed before. Tonight, God's going to work a miracle tonight. God is about to lift weights and loads that many have carried 
for years. Matter of fact, God said, I'm going to restore some years that the locusts have been eating. Some things have been eating on you. 